the business savvy singer. Hey there. And welcome to the Business Savvy Singer podcast. I'm Dr. Greta Pope, and I'm so glad that you're here. This podcast is dedicated to vocalists and to those who love them. We interview singers who are working professionally to get a glimpse into their lives and celebrate their personal journey to success. Join us weekly to learn how to move your career forward. Get tips and recommendations to help you realize the career of your dreams. You're listening to the Business Savvy Singer Podcast, brought to you by the PrivateMusicStudio.net, providing online education to build sustainable careers in music. Also, Eternal Wolf Music, producing audio for every need. And Greta Pope Entertainment for the finest in entertainment. I'm excited today to have a Chicago broadcast legend with us. Richard Steele has been a presence in the Chicago broadcast market since 1970. He spent many years as a radio personality on some of Chicago's top urban music stations. Steele made the transition to talk radio at mid-career and spent the next 28 years at WBEZ, Chicago's NPR affiliate. During that time, he became known for his probing interviews of newsmakers and pop culture icons. Richard has also been a pledge host on WTTW PBS for more than 25 years. Currently, he hosts a weekend jazz show on WHPK, which is affiliated with the University of Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Richard Steele. What an intro. <laughs> what an intro. What an intro. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Greta. It's so good to see you. You look great. Yeah, you know, I'm hanging on for an old guy. You know what I mean? It's it's uh I really can't complain. It's okay. I had a great I got a, I had a great run in, in radio, and so uh, you know, I'm it's thankful. It's great. I'm loving your your room there, all the music things and the you know, the little beef eater and all the recordings and it's just so nice. And so, a poster of Miles Davis back here too. Oh, and a poster of Miles Davis, yeah. yeah. Wow, beautiful. It's beautiful. So is this your, this is your workspace? Yeah, I, I have several workspaces. This is one of them. Uh, this is a, a sort of a TV room, but I have all my CDs in these, nice. uh, on these shelves in back of me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, this is a pretty big apartment. This is a co-op. It's a pretty big apartment. We bought nice. this. It was a four-bedroom, four-bathroom apartment. So uh, nice. there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of room. A lot you of know. space. Yeah. Don't That's a don't tell point. don't don't tell my grandkids that. Be <laughs> <laughs> moving in. Huh? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the beginning. Where are you originally from? Are you from Chicago? Actually, no. I was born born in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Okay. And how did you end up in Chicago? How did you come here? Well, it's kind of a long story, which I'll shorten. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, my mother was a single parent at the time, and uh, she worked in Washington, D.C., and then she came to work in Chicago, and she loved this city. And so she got married. Uh, my my uh, younger brother came along. And then my mother determined that I should be with them in Chicago. So 
Uh, I had to leave Brooklyn, which I didn't like at all. And when I got here, Chicago was so cold. I went, oh, this is this is too cold. Because, you know, in New York, it gets cold, but doesn't stay cold long. It doesn't, doesn't get nearly as cold as it does in Chicago. So I was like, damn, this is cold. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, you know. And then I had, a, there was another, I had another uh, situation too. And some of this, I think, helped me in radio later along the line. But when I came to Chicago uh, as a kid, I think I was eight or nine years old, my family in New York are all West Indian. My mm-hmm. grandmother from Barbados and a lot of West Indians in Brooklyn. So when I came to Chicago, I had a, I had a West Indian accent combined with a New York accent, right? And so... <laughs> That was really strange because, you know, the, look, most of the kids here, their roots were in Mississippi. Yeah. And so when I got to when I got to grammar school here, um, I, I remember a teacher taking me around to other teachers and saying, listen to him talk. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so that was the beginning of that. And then uh, uh, on to high school and I, did, I sang with a doo group. I did that. That was cool. You know, I'm going to ask you about that because, you know, I, I knew that you sang with a doo-wop group at Hirsch High School because my husband went to high school with you and he told me all about it. He said, oh, you were great. You were singing lead with the doo-wop group. <laughs> tell, tell us about that. Yeah, I knew your husband well. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we graduated the same year. Yeah, you know? that's fantastic. So what well, was it like singing with, with a doo-wop group and how long did you do it and how many people were in it? Well, there were five of us, and um, I guess we did that for the last, for our junior and senior years. Um, the thing with that, we started singing in the lunchroom, just, you know, for, for fun. Yeah. And when we looked around, uh, we had a big crowd. I mean, wow. you know, and a lot and a lot of girls. And so <laughs> uh, I thought that was pretty cool because normally, you know, with a lot of girls around, it's usually football players and basketball players. Uh, but they're kind of in season. We were always in season, you know what I mean? So uh, uh, that was it's a great way to get girls. And uh, so we we continued to do that. And an interesting thing about Hirsch at that point was, I think, still maybe, I don't know, 55 percent white, 45 percent black. Mm-hmm. And so there weren't uh, we had a principal who was very strict. And as a matter of fact, he had one one guy that I know he made him cut his mustache off because he was oh, wow. he was growing his mustache early and the principal ordered him to have it shaved. Wow. That's how strict the guy was. Mm-hmm. So when we came along, all the talent shows had, uh, you know, ethnic touches. You know, if, if you were Italian, you played accordion, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that kind of thing uh, on the talent shows. So when we came along, we were entirely different from anything that had happened before us. Yeah. And uh, so we became real popular. We were like, uh, you know, we were like the thing. <laughs> and, and the reason I sang lead is because the group that we did a lot of tunes by was the Spaniels. And my voice was in the, in the lead singer's range. I wasn't like a great singer, but my voice was very specifically in that range. And so I, I led a lot of the songs and yeah. that, that was a thrill. Uh, we did a song called "We did a song called Peace of Mind," which was a big song by the Spaniels, yeah. and the and the girls would go, Ooh, and I went, "Whoa, this, <laughs> this is going on!" You know, I loved it. I loved it. That is great. So and by the way, let, let me just say this: I'm probably, you know, like very few people 
who put in the yearbook next to their names what they want to do or be when they grow up. People say they want to be a teacher, they want to build the end of all of that. Unbelievably, I said, I want to be a radio announcer or disc jockey. Very few people ever do the things that they say You're in right. that book. You know that, right? Yes, absolutely. See, nobody ends up doing what they say. You right. just say that because you need to put something behind your name. Right, right. Wow, that's amazing. So how did you segue from singing in high school to becoming a broadcaster? How did you make that dream a reality? Well, uh, when I was in the military after high school. I didn't go to college. And uh, while I was in the military, I, I, I bought the tape recorder and uh, I used a Ebony magazine and I, did, I read the commercials in the magazine as if I was doing uh, like radio. And I'd let the guys listen to it in the barracks and they'd laugh at me and say, you really think you can be on the radio? Please give me a break. <laughs> so um, after I got out of the military, I didn't come back to Chicago. I went back to Brooklyn, the place I was born, and I went to school for radio. And uh, I went to several radio schools and, you know, sent out tapes and tried to get a job and I got rejected a lot. And then uh, I finally got uh, a yes. Well, first, I got a yes from a station in Atlanta who said, we love new talent. We think we like your tape and we think we're going to hire you. This was like uh, maybe in November. So they said, we're going to start the station wow. on the first. The first of January is going to be our kickoff uh, with this brand new station, a soul station. So the first of January came, they hadn't called me. <laughs> you know how that is, right? A little, re little rejection in the arts. So, so I got, so I call, I kept calling them and uh, kept getting the runaround. And finally I got to the guy who was uh, doing the hiring and he said, listen, uh, we've decided, you've heard this before, we've decided to take a different direction. So, uh, you know, like, uh, so I didn't get the job. I was crushed. I thought that was it, but I still kept trying and sending tapes. And uh, a friend of mine who I went to radio school with had gotten a job in Boston uh, on an R&B station. And uh, he and I were in communication. Then he became program director and he hired me. So I went to my first, uh, well, before I came to Boston, my first job was in Roanoke, Virginia. A very oh. small station, a very small town. Uh, I mean, look, Roanoke, I mean, when they talk about towns where um, the lights go off at, at, <laughs> at five o'clock. It was damn near like that. It was a very oh. small, but I learned the basics of radio while I was there. And um, I actually became program director before I left. I stayed there about a year, a year and a half. I was the only one who knew how to type. So I, I type up the music <laughs> list and that made me, and later on it made me the program director, right? So uh, oh, I wow. stayed there about a year and a half and then I got a call from the guy I just mentioned in Boston, who I went to radio school with. And he said, we have an opening. We have a morning show opening. Would you want to come to Boston? I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I, you know, like uh, I went to Boston, did the morning show, stayed there about a year. And then the people that I used to work for in, in Roanoke, Virginia, the guy who was general manager called me and said, listen, the agency that reps us also reps the station in Chicago. And I know that's where you're from. Uh, I, can tell you, I can tell you who to send an audition tape to if you think you might want to go back to Chicago. I said, really? So I, so I sent the tape and uh, the station here in Chicago, which at the time was WGRT, they uh, said, we like your tape. Or we want you to come in for an interview and then you know, we'll, we'll uh, pay your expenses. 
So I came to Chicago on my own dime and uh, I got here and there were like four people in an office on a Sunday and it was the manager, uh, station manager, general manager, owner and uh, some other guy with four people and program director. So uh, they asked me questions about my affiliations and what I had any interest in politics because at that point, Fred Hampton had just been killed. Mm -hmm. uh, it was 1970. Mm -hmm. I think the latter part of 69, he had been uh, murdered by the police. And so there was a lot of political stuff going on. Mm -hmm. I recognize that's so when they asked me questions about politics, I, oh, I have no interest in politics at all, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, I think that pleased them. But here's the deal. The guy who owned the station said, you know, I've gotten tapes from guys before. And we had, I had a guy one time who sent me a tape as a sports announcer. And then uh, we hired him on the tape. And when we put him on the air, he was terrible. He said, I was driving along in my car and I pulled over, called the program director and said, take him off the air right now. So wow. I, was, I was wondering where this was going. So he said, we want to hear you do something live now. So they put me in the studio with an engineer doing the controls and had me and had had me do some sample intros of uh, records and read some live commercials. Uh, and had I failed that, um, I would not have gotten the job. And also, by the way, the, they were going to pay for my pay my expenses coming to Chicago if they hired me. Yeah. If they, oh. had, if they had not hired me, I was on my own dime. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> oh uh, so that that's how I came back to Chicago, and uh, I got hired, came back in uh, WGRT nineteen seventy, and I've been here ever since. It was an amazing opportunity. That you look know, when I think back on it, brother, I think about I was so disappointed in not getting the job in Atlanta. But had I gotten that job, I don't know where that would have led me. I know this led me to, to Chicago, a town I knew. And uh, an amazing career over the years, you know. I didn't make Doug Banks money or Tom Joyner money, but uh, it's been pretty steady. My yeah. wife always reminds me that I was in the business a lot longer than a lot of people. And actually, my income was more than, you know, somebody working an eight-hour job. I mean, it, was, it wasn't bad. Don't get me wrong. And uh, yeah. I have no complaints about that. So that's kind of how I got back here. That's great. You know, it's it's funny in life how how life leads you to where you're supposed to be. You know, you're so disappointed when this doesn't work out, that particular thing, but then something better is around the corner. And we just Absolutely. always have to remember that. Yeah. We look forward to talking with Richard Steele again on part two of this fascinating episode of the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer podcast is brought to you by the privatemusicstudio.net Eternal Wolf Music, and Greta Pope Entertainment. Let us know if you know of a singer who is having great success in the music business. We'd love to share their story and their journey on this podcast. Send your emails to info at gretapope.com. We've had a great time with you today. See you next time on the Business Savvy Singer podcast. The Business Savvy Singer.